0: Star Wars, The Han Solo Adventures by Brian Daly, read by Alec Bowles. Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. Four. Remembering that hasty, the young woman with Badur had mentioned the district hostelry, Han zoomed off in that direction. The scarlet monstrosity of a coach riding its low ground-effect cushion handled smoothly and responded well for its size. One long arm along the back of the driver's seat, Chewbacca tilted his admiral's cap down and listened while Kiili and Va'uri described the life of an undergraduate student of non-human ethnography. They didn't have to enter the hostelry. Badur and Hasty were waiting at an intercampus shuttle skimmer stop near the building. Han pulled over to the curb with a belch of braking thrust, and he and Chewbacca jumped out, followed by the two girls. The Wookiee hugged the old man, giving out joyous sounds. Hasty regarded Han coolly. Attack of conscience? Han angled a thumb at the Wookiee. My partner's a sentimental fellow. Do you feel like telling us what we're getting into? Indicating Ve'uri and Ki'ili with a slight nod, Badur cleared his throat meaningfully. Ve'uri took the hint and, dragging the tall blonde with her, was suddenly inspired to inspect some nearby foliage. In confidential tones, Badur asked Han, You must have heard of the ship called the Queen of Ranroon. Chewbacca quivered his nose in surprise, and Han's eyes shot up. The treasure ship? The story they used to put kids to bed? Not story, Badur corrected. History. The Queen of Ranrune was crammed full with spoils from whole solar systems. Tribute to Zim the Despot. Listen, Badur. Crazies have been hunting that ship for centuries. If she ever existed, she was either destroyed or someone plundered her long ago. You've been watching too many holo-thrillers. When did I ever go chasing vacuum? The old man countered. A good point. You know where the queen is? You've got proof? I know where her log recorder is. Badur announced so confidently that Han found himself believing it. The vision of a treasure arose, a treasure so stupendous that it had become a synonym for phenomenal wealth, more than a man might squander in many lifetimes. Let's get going, Han proposed. We're not getting any younger. Hasty's derisive look didn't faze him. Then he noticed that Badur's face was drawn with tension. Following his gaze, Han turned to see a black ground limo slowly cruising toward them. Han drew Badur over to the coach, encouraging Hasty to move as well with an inclination of the head. Chewbacca, who had already thrown Badour's and Hastie's light baggage into the passenger cab, was also on the alert. Someone in the limo had noticed their reaction. The black ground car accelerated sharply and veered straight at them. Everybody into the coach! Han yelled as the limo jumped the curb and screeched to a stop, blocking the coach's front cowling. Badour began pushing Hasty into the coach's front seat as Chewbacca unable to carry his bowcaster on this peaceful world, glanced around for a makeshift weapon. Figures tumbled from the limo as Han drew his blaster. The blue concentric rings of a stun charge reached out and caught Badur, who had just propelled Hasty out of the way. She fell backward across the seat. Badur staggered. She managed to grab him and pull him onto the driver's seat just as Han fired an answering shot. By then, a half-dozen beings had emerged from the limo with weapons of one kind or another. Hans' hasty return shot caught the stun gunner, a red-beaked humanoid, in its long-feathered arm. Two male humans, armed with needle beamers, ducked as Hans' shots shattered two of the limo's windows. The assailants, seeing that they had a fight on their hands, made a general migration toward the ground. Chewbacca was clambering over the midship luggage well to help hasty when she, hanging on to door with one hand, kicked the engine over and threw the scarlet coach into reverse. Two of the tackers who had been closing in found themselves pouncing on empty air. With a tremendous bump, the coach climbed the curb in reverse. Chewbacca had to cling to a decorative lantern to save himself, and Han jumped aside to keep from being run down as Hasty hit braking thrusters, kicking up clots of purplish turf and exposing the rich gray soil of Rudrig. Well, pile on, Solo, she shouted at Han. He barely got to a running board, seizing a footman's handrail before the coach surged forward. Hasty didn't quite clear the end of the obstructing limo. The coach bashed it aside, half-rotating the black vehicle and crunching in its own nose-cowling with a shower of greal wood fragments. Chewbacca cried out at the damage. As they lurched past, Han directed a suppressive barrage at the limo and its passengers, more intent on clinging to his life than on accuracy. Hasties swerved to avoid a robo-delivery truck, thereby slamming Han up against the cab and nearly wrenching Chewbacca from the lamp, flipping him over with a snap that twisted his neck and sent his prized admiral's hat flying in the breeze. The Wookiee keened, grief-stricken for the lost headgear. Over the howl of the coach's engine and the blast of its slipstream, Han yelled, They're coming after us! The black limo was already slewing around to give chase. Han brought his blaster up. At that moment, hasty, ignoring a traffic robo, tore into an intersection directly toward a slow-moving maintenance hauler that was towing a disabled freight droid. The girl set all her weight against the steering grip yoke and hit the coach's warning horn. The first two bars of the Rudrig University anthem sounded majestically from the coach's fractured hood. The maintenance hauler dodged with a bleep of distress and barely missed taking the driver's side off the coach. The coach shrieked straight down the thoroughfare now. Holding his abused neck stiffly, Chewbacca began inching forward again in order to take over the driving duties. A double column of students and visitors on an orientation tour chose that moment to enter a crosswalk and hasty hit braking thrusters. Chewbacca flew headfirst into the driver's compartment and hit the floor, his feet sticking up into the air. But even under those conditions, he had the presence of mind to notice that Badur wasn't completely aboard, and he clutched the stunned man's clothing to tug him into the coach. Hasty noticed her companion's dilemma and gave the coach a snappy cut so that the passenger door swung shut. Though hampered by wires of pain lancing through his neck, the Wookiee began extricating himself. Just astern, Han had managed to pull himself inside the passenger cab and saw that the limo was closing in rapidly. He smashed the cab's crystalline rear window with a hard blow from his blaster. It cracked in webs, split, and fell away. Clearing away the shards, Han leaned his forearms across the empty sill. The coach's bouncing made the macro sights useless, so he waited for a clear shot. Chewbacca had holed himself up and was yelping loudly at Hasty and gesturing madly. She somehow understood his meaning and hit the couch adjustment controls, which started up the servo motors. Hasty held tightly to the control stem as the couch moved from under her, leaving her in a tense stoop. The Wookiee slid in behind her, whisked her out of the way, then took over the controls. Hasty turned at once and saw to her relief that Badur was unhurt. He was already stirring, throwing off the stun charge's effects. The Wookiee proceeded directly through an intersection without benefit of of right-of-way, aware that the limo, still chasing the coach, was zooming along between towering buildings. Taking a fast curve, Chewbacca came abruptly up to a road repair site. Far back in the mirror's reflection, he could see the limo closing in. He gunned the engine, bursting through aluminy panel markers, smashing warning light banks aside and hurling two robo-flag wavers, still diligently waving their flags several meters into the air. But his hopes for a safe route through the site were dashed. When he rounded the turn, the roadbed had been excavated completely, Side to side, the shoulders torn up right up to the building faces. Chewbacca slowed, calmly considered his options, and decided he would have to offer his pursuers a head-on challenge. He hit the accelerator and swung the steering grips over for a smuggler's turn. The long coach leaped forward into a precise end-for-end spin, destroying several more danger indicators its lift cushion kicking up dirt and debris. Then it sped off in the direction from which it had come. Han leaned out a side window. As the limo bore down on them, he propped his forearm through a handrail and opened fire, scoring hits on the limo's hood and one in the center of its windshield. Prepared for a terrible impact, Chewbacca uttered a piercing cry and hasty began hugging Badur. Hahn could make out terrified expressions among the limo's occupants. At the last moment, the limo driver wavered, declining the imminent head-on, and the black vehicle swung aside, ripping through a dense Mullenite lattice sculpture of thick creepers, slewing across a stretch of purple lawn, and, after bowling aside several long planters and snapping support columns, the limo ended up on a portico outside the local curriculum committee headquarters. Chewbacca brayed his delight, but Hahn called a warning as the limo started up again. Chewbacca, glancing at the several rearview mirrors and single-aft view screen, made a hard right turn to high speed by dint of sheer strength applied to unwilling controls. The coach's left side rose and the Wookiee took advantage of his momentum to snag another quick right into a side avenue, hoping to break off the chase. Unfortunately, he had swung the long coach onto the up ramp of a major ground transport artery. But he had the presence of mind to apply a Han Solo adage. When it won't help to slow down, pour it on. So he slapped toggle switches for full boost and auxiliary guidance thrust. The immediate problem was a refuse collection robo-dumpster making its way up the ramp. Its cyber-pilot system was in a quandary over this unusual obstruction. Chewbacca, still exploiting centrifugal force, hit his offside thrusters and took the ground coach full tilt against the ramp's safety fence. The fence, part of a traffic control design scheme based on very forgiving systems, gave and bent outward as the Wookiee barreled along with half the coach on the ground, half up on the wilting fence. Han, dragging himself up off the cab floorboards, took one look ahead and hit the deck again. The robo-dumpster edged toward the opposite side of the upramp, and the two weighty vehicles passed each other. The coach had lost its outermost rearview mirror post and part of the picnic lunch, and debris from the jostled dumpster was splattered across its meter-high red-tail fins. Chewbacca was baying in utter exhilaration, an ages-old Wookiee war cry. Hasty had just finished fastening a seatbelt across herself and Badur when the coach roared onto the main artery. Seeing that he was heading the wrong way on a high-speed road, the Wookiee hugged the outside wall while he assessed his situation. He kept one finger on the horn button, sounding the first two bars of the anthem over and over. All factors considered, Chewbacca felt, things were going fairly well. Han, back in the passenger cab, held a somewhat different opinion. The black limo had taken advantage of Chewbacca's descent and was still on their tail. The intercom wasn't working, so Han pushed up the cab's forward window and shouted, They're still on us! The Wookiee growled an irritated reply, then spotted his opening. He turned the steering grips with such emphasis that the yoke groaned on its stem, threatening to snap. But the coach managed to fishtail across three lanes of oncoming traffic, and Chewbacca hung in the center lane while awaiting shifts in the configuration of the traffic. Automatic safety systems had taken notice of the potential massacre, and suddenly sequential warning lights began to flash, cautioning other drivers where the danger lay. Overhead Illumi markers and danger panels began flashing along the way, and those vehicles operating under auto control were brought to a halt at the shoulder by traffic central override. Meanwhile, Han, clinging to the rear window frame, saw the limo coming on. Its driver was having an easier time following the trail the Wookiee had blazed. Han braced his right shoulder against one side of the frame and his left hand against the other to draw a steady aim. Just as he fired, Chewbacca, having lined up another gap in the oncoming traffic, hauled at the steering grips and cut hard for the center divider. Han's shot went wild, blowing a small hole in the tough, fusion-formed road. Chewbacca came at the divider as directly as he could, aware that it was built to resist collision. He hit it with the coach's accelerator open, keeping his enormous foot down hard on emergency boost auxiliaries. The engine wailed. Hasty clung to Badur. The coach burst through a double retaining wall, taking two lengths of railing with it. Chewbacca then swooped up the sloped center abutment, Two lanterns fell from the coach, and its curb feelers, he noticed, had been sheared off. Han tangled both fists into embroidered safety belting and set his feet against the cab's front wall. The coach shot through the fence at the top of the abutment, the durable links stretching, then bursting with a titanic jolt that sent the remainder of the picnic lunch arcing into the air. Crashing down the abutment and through a second section of railing, they bounced into the traffic lanes now headed in the appropriate direction, if at illegal velocity. Maneuvering smartly, the Wookiee avoided any other collisions. The coach sped along, intermittently shedding trim and pieces of smashed greel wood. Glancing out a side window, Han found himself the object of the surprised scrutiny of a gowned senior professor, a stalk-eyed creature in a robo-hack. Chewbacca accelerated and left the hack behind. Less than a minute later, the black limo appeared at the crest of the abutment and descended through the swath of destruction left by Chewbacca. It, too, slid into the traffic lanes. A man, holding a long needle-beam rifle in his hands, stood up and poked his head and arms through the sunroof. Han left the cab, swung from the handrail with one foot on the running board, and dove onto the driver's compartment. We've gone and made them mad, he hollered. Escape and evade, old buddy. But even as Han exhorted his partner, Chewbacca was throwing the coach through zigs and zags, ignoring lane divider Illumi strips, applying full power, though a disconcerting black smoke had begun to roil from the vehicle's engine. At last, the rifleman, his eye at his weapon's scope, fired. A needle beam sizzled at one of the scarlet tail fins, setting the lacquered wood afire and shearing off its tip as tail circuitry blew. Hahn stood up, one hand firmly on the windshield and blaster gripped in the other. He replied with a hurried shot of his own. The bolt splashed harmlessly onto the pavement. A second rifle beam hissed through the cab. Get us out of here before they cut us in half! Hahn yelled to his first mate. Smoke from the hood now roiled more thickly. The Wookiee spun the steering grip yoke, veering and putting an enormous robo-freight hauler between the coach and the limo. Another needle beam, missing them, burned across the freight hauler's rear end. The last view Han had of the limo was of its driver trying to maneuver for another clear shot. He shouted to Chewbacca, Pump your braking thrusters! The Wookiee did so without question, accustomed to his friend's mad inspirations. When the freight hauler outstripped the coach, they found themselves even with the limo. The surprised rifleman started to bring his weapon up, but Hahn fired first. The marksman, clutching his smoldering forearm, dropped back through the sunroof. Hahn's second shot blew out a piece of the limo's door. Two or three beings were trying to elbow their way up through the sunroof to set up a rocket launcher. If they couldn't stop the coach, they'd settle for blowing it all over the landscape. Han felt the coach surge and looked around. Directly in front of them was the freight hauler, its long rear gate bouncing on the road. Its bed was half empty, a pile of construction rubble heaped against the front wall. An overpass loomed in the distance. Han quickly grasped his first mate's plan, holstered his weapon, and clung to Badur and Hasty for his life. The coach jumped up the hanging rear gate, engine pouring black smoke, auxiliary thrusters overloading. Chewbacca pumped braking thrusters once to time his maneuver, then hit full power and the front lift thrusters designed to help the coach negotiate low obstacles. The coach shot up the pile of rubble at the front of the cargo bed and soared into the air, the Wookiee plying his controls frantically. Then the overpass was beneath them, and through some miracle, it was unoccupied just then. The coach hit with an impact that collapsed its shock absorption system, burned out its power routing, broke all the remaining lanterns, and shattered the cab windows. It slid then ground to a halt against the overpass sidewall, crumpling its hood and popping its doors. Coughing, Han and his first mate pulled Hasty and Bedur from the wreckage. The black limo was already far down the road, forced along by the flow of traffic. Chewbacca, surveying the demolished ground coach sorrowfully, sniffled and moaned to himself. Wiping her eyes and choking, Hasty wanted to know Whoever told you two morons you could drive? Then, noticing Chewbacca's gloomy look, asked, What's wrong with him? He figures he'll have a hard time getting his deposit back, Han explained. Police ground cruisers and aircraft converging under traffic control's direction were already beginning to gather farther down the highway. Since Chewbacca had elected to leave the road in a unique manner, It would probably take the local authorities some time to piece together what had happened.